Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit this morning to speak your word to us, to help us understand it, to help us to uh, remember it, help us to apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please be seated. Good morning again. I hope you're all well. I'm not sure how many of you had turkey sandwiches for breakfast. If so, then you might need to, uh, you might be falling asleep. I hope not. Uh, The tryptophan overdose, I know it's still a thing, right? Um, So I absolutely love this sermon series that we began this morning. It's called The Songs of Advent. And the reason I love it is this, is that if you haven't noticed, if you have been around me for any length of time, if you've listened to almost any sermon, I have a song for just about everything. Just one word or thought can trigger a song lyric comes soaring out of my mouth. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be the right song lyric. It might be adapted or slightly adjusted. I have a song for everything. And some of my favorite songs are about taking a journey, traveling music. As soon as I got a driver's license when I was a kid, we immediately began to select the mixtape. That was the thing, right? The mixtape for the trip to youth group downtown or wherever we went. We had some audio going. So some of my favorite songs are what we call traveling music. When I was in college and going to USC, I used to sing, In my car, I'm going to Carolina. Uh, James Taylor Wright. And I used to, uh, my dad lived in East Africa, and whenever I visited him, I would sing, I saw my dad down in Africa. (laughs) Toto Wright. And whenever I see a moving truck, I'm driving a moving truck, I'm towing a... Uh, trailer, or even I'm just taking the stuff to the Goodwill. I sing, truck in, got my stuff packed in, keep trucking, like the dude, that one, not so much, huh? That was really for, that one's for Chris Warner, it's the Grateful Dead. I know that you're like, I'm not sure we're allowed to admit that I know that song. Friends, there is a song for every purpose. And today we begin this series called The Songs of Advent in which we are going to uh, look at and listen to the songs or hymns of praise that come from four individuals who are close to the birth of Jesus. And I thought these two ideas, they belong together. The idea of taking a journey and the first song of Advent that we get today from Elizabeth when she welcomes Jesus' mom, Mary, to her house. They belong together ultimately because Advent, these four weeks leading up to Christmas, is a journey. Advent is a journey where we, from where we are, from where you are today, to the birth of the Son of God, the one who is truly holy, the one who will save the world from their sins, the one who will save you from your sins. So whether you are content or anxious about life, concerned about your livelihood, whether you're worried about your health or the health of others, whether you're grieving the loss of someone or celebrating the birth of a brand new child, each of you has a journey to make. None of us have made it completely with God. Advent, therefore, is a journey of introspection in which we look at our own heart It is a season of anticipation where we expect that God is doing something in the world and that he wants to do something in your life. And ultimately, Advent is about having hope. 
Hope that only comes from God's saving act in the face of your needs. And a hope that is fully realized when Jesus is born in Bethlehem. He is our sole hope. And the Advent journey is not really that different from the Christian journey. Theologian Alistair McGrath, he says that thinking of the Christian life as a journey through the world offers us a vivid and helpful way to visualizing the life of faith. Journeying, he says, helps our development as people and as believers. We actually see this taking place with Mary this morning. After the angel Gabriel departed, right? Mary went on a journey that helps her development as a believer in God. I love this short passage of scripture because in it we see what I think is a cycle of faith, the kind of life cycle of Christian faith. And the place where it always begins is God's saving act. So we see God acting in two ways at the very beginning. First, through the supernatural pregnancy that comes upon Mary. And then the second way he acts is by sending the angel Gabriel to her to communicate this reality. But he also acts in a much more subtle way. God acts by having Gabriel tell her about this other supernatural pregnancy in order to confirm to Mary what God's doing. It's there in verse 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Basically, Elizabeth is six months along pregnant, right? So the foundation of the Bible is this, that God acts. The foundation of our life is that God acts. And we see the foundation of Mary's life here being established in the fact that God acts. And Mary responds to God's action by going on a journey to see her cousin Elizabeth. And presumably the journey is about seeing if all of these things that the angel has said is true. If Elizabeth, who is old, barren, beyond childbearing years, is actually pregnant, then what the angel is saying to Mary must also then be true, and nothing then is impossible with God. We see this life cycle of faith in this passage. God acts, we respond, God confirms And we grow in our spiritual life. We grow closer to God and to what he's doing. And it's in this place where God acted and Mary responded and went on the journey that we come to hear our Advent song this morning. It's beautiful, it's poetic, and it's encouraging. Now imagine for a moment that you're Mary, right? You're young, you're betrothed to be married, and you've learned from an angel that you are pregnant, not by your husband-to-be, but by the Holy Spirit, right? You have a lot of things going on in your mind at this moment, right? I don't know about you, but when I'm driving the car, I'm often processing all the things that are happening in my life, right? I'm thinking through my day, I'm thinking through big pictures. Rachel will be like, we'll be riding along somewhere, and she'll be like, are you okay? I'm just working things out. Um, Imagine Mary, right? She's taking this journey to the hill country of Judah. It's at least a couple of days. 
She has plenty of time to work out what Gabriel has said to her. That she would be giving birth to the Son of God. Imagined, I imagine that she felt both honor and anguish, right? After all, she was going to become or is becoming a social outcast, having become pregnant without ever consummating her marriage. Not only will she be pregnant before technically finished being married, there are all the things that she doesn't know about this journey, right? She doesn't know that there's going to be no place in the inn for them, right? That she doesn't know that the first place she's going to uh, uh, put her baby down for a nap is going to be in a feeding trough. And she doesn't know that this journey that she's beginning now is ultimately going to end at the foot of the cross, right? Where her son is going to be crucified and killed. She doesn't know right now that her journey will involve any of these things. She knows none of this yet. Now, it's not hard to imagine that by the time she got to Elizabeth's place, right, that she was emotionally all over the place, right? I would be. When she called out to gr- this greeting to Elizabeth, and I want you to notice this, emotional, perhaps uncertain, in need of assurance, God acts again for Mary. This time through another human. Well, actually, two other humans, right? Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. This living being in the womb, alive, is able to respond to the mother of the Savior. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, God is confirming what he said. I mean, think about what you imagine Mary needing to hear as you listen to these words from Elizabeth. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth cries out, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary's journey to Elizabeth confirms what God is doing. Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Immediately Mary must have thought, Wait a minute, I haven't told anybody. How does she know? I haven't texted anyone. I haven't posted it on Facebook. I haven't done a little Instagram baby bump, right? None of these things happened. She started her journey immediately, and yet the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth tells her and reveals to her that Mary is pregnant. Oh, this is true. How many of us need to know that what God says in the Bible is true? Before you go, no, I believe it all. I just want to be honest for a second. There are plenty of times in my life as I'm walking out my Christian life where I need a reminder, I need God to act, I need an assurance that the things that I'm following after are true. And he uses all kinds of things, all kinds of people, not just the Bible, not just worship, not just prayer. Sometimes it's something that somebody else says. And here, immediately, God is giving this very thing to Mary. 
What if God wants to assure you that what you're following after in him is true? Elizabeth continues, And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Not only has Mary's pregnancy been revealed to Elizabeth, but the identity of the child that Mary is carrying has been identified as well. She will be the mother of the Lord. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Friends, the sign the angel said would happen actually happened, right? Gabriel said, your, your cousin's going to be pregnant, and she is pregnant. Therefore, what he's saying to Mary about her pregnancy must also be true. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Her visit and Elizabeth's song must have prepared Mary for what lies ahead. What lies ahead as the mother of the Savior. Mary indeed is blessed because she believed God. And I think for a moment about how all of the spiritual things that have happened in my life, all the places where I have heard God speak, all the places where I'm like, I don't know, and God reveals himself, has prepared me for something more significant. I think for oftentimes um, having an idea that God is giving us new life. He promises us new life. Having us uh, uh, understand that he is, uh, he's going to bring life where there's death, right? That helps prepare me for when death comes unexpectedly. It helps me to understand my world. And if I didn't, uh, I didn't understand his word to begin with, when it came along, all of a sudden I was able to remember those things which he had said. God is preparing us God is preparing Mary. God is preparing us for the journey ahead. We grow deeper in him as this cycle of journeying happens. And the songs of Advent, indeed all of scripture, are meant to encourage you on your journey, to grow you physically and spiritually with God. And I wonder, what if this Advent you became more certain, like Mary, that God is actively doing something in your life, doing more in your life? How would that change your outlook for the future? And this sermon, this passage, this season is an an invitation to you to come further up and come further into life with Jesus. I don't know if you read the Chronicles of Narnia. That line, come further up, come further in, comes from the unicorn jewel in the last book called The Last Battle. As he discovered the new Narnia, Aslan's land, which is basically the allegorical version of the new heaven and the new earth. It is eternity with God that the Bible promises. And as he realized that he was in that place, Jewel cries out, this is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come further up, come further in. And this is something that I think is incredible about life in Christ, about taking a journey with him, is that, yes, at the very beginning, when you come to salvation in Christ, as you go, oh, man, my sins are forgiven. Oh, God loves me. Oh, all of these things. This is wonderful, joyful news, right? Think about the freedom it came at the beginning. But this news only pales in comparison as you walk out the Christian life. This only pales in comparison as you go, as you discover life with him. 
It is even better. It is even greater. And it's only as we walk it out that we know this is the place that I always knew life could be like. This is what I always knew life could be like. It gets better. This is the incredible news of the gospel. It gets better. And this is an invitation to take an Advent journey that helps you develop as Jesus' disciple. Jonathan Edwards, the great uh, preacher, said this, life is to be seen as anticipation of something more marvelous which is yet to come. God has more in store for you. Things that are more marvelous than you've ever experienced. Not simply in the life to come in eternity, but in this life right now. In the day-to-day life that you live. What are you hoping for? What is your heart desiring that is yet to come? Are you longing for God to act? Advent is a journey of introspection, looking honestly at your own life and finding, identifying, and vocalizing to God where you need him. This journey often involves sort of self-evaluation. Sometimes it involves confession of sin when you realize that there's unforgiven sin. Sometimes it means adjusting your course when you realize you're off course. You know, years ago I was on the road to Indiana and I was like, oh, well, I need to go north on an interstate. And so I turned north in Tennessee on an interstate. The problem was it was I-81. And all of a sudden, if you know I-81, eventually you end up in Virginia, And it was only when I got there that I realized that I was on the wrong course. I didn't stay on that course, right? I turned around and went back, got on the right interstate. Because if not, I ended up in D.C. I would end up in Boston. I would end up in Maine and somewhere like Nova Scotia or something. That's what would have happened if I stayed off course. Sometimes the journey, sometimes the evaluation, sometimes the confession, sometimes it requires us to turn around. Sometimes we need God to act and we realize it. And it's only when we realize that we need God to act that you and I can truly appreciate Christmas. Acknowledging the place where you need God to act, where you need saving, is the means by which you can truly appreciate that God was born into our world to save us. That he went to all of this cost so that you could be saved. Look, if I don't think I need saving, then why do I need Jesus? We all need him. We don't just need him one time. We need him day by day by day by day. Are you longing for God to act? Or do you desire to hear God's voice for him to speak into your life? Just like Mary, we all need God to speak and to confirm what he's doing. Think about when you're on that road trip long before we had navigation systems and ways and Google Maps and all that stuff, right? On the highway, there were these things called mileage signs, right? And it would say, Charleston, 140 miles, right? And you drive down the road for a while, and it would say, Charleston, 84 miles, right? And then eventually you drive down the road a little further, and it would say, Charleston, next five exits, right? Friends, we all need signs along the way that say that we're on the right path, that you're on the right course. All along the way of life, we need God to affirm that we are headed in the right direction. That's the Advent journey, the life, the one of expectation. The Advent journey is an expectation that we can talk to God 
and that God will talk to us. He speaks through these words in the Bible. He speaks through your time of prayer. And don't miss this. In this passage, he speaks through other believers, right? He uses Elizabeth to speak his truth and his life over Mary. So whether you are single or married, whether you're young or old, whether we all need companions, Christian companions, on this journey like Elizabeth to speak his truth and to speak his life over us. And then finally, do you need hope? The Advent journey is a journey toward hope. God, the one who created all things, is coming into the world to rescue you from whatever situation you're in. Advent is a time, a journey, to focus on this. When Jesus is born into the world, God is doing something incredible for you and with you. He says that he can bring life where you're experiencing death. He can do this through the virgin birth. He can do it in any way he wants for you. He tells you that he is the perfect friend, even if you have lost a loved one. He tells you that you are valuable because you're made in his image, even if you've lost your job. He says that whatever your need, his father will provide your daily needs, even when your bank account says that it won't. Whatever your need, God has come into the world to save you. Advent is a time for us to more attentively read his word, for us to ask and explore if all of it is actually true. And if it is, is it making a difference in my life? Or perhaps it might make a bigger difference in your life. It's time to take on spiritual practices, not out of some hard discipline or duty, but because through reading the Bible and praying, you can actually hear God speak. Here's the irony, friends. Our Western, huge, commercial celebration of Christmas makes it near impossible to hear from God. The very thing God longed for, which is relationship with you, which is a direct relationship with you, the very thing that he was born into the world to accomplish gets drowned out in our celebrations in, in the West. It is possible to have all the trappings of Christmas without understanding it, to have trees and gifts and festivities without asking God to come into the very place you need him, to come speak words of encouragement that your ears and your heart long to hear. What if along the way to your Christmas celebration this year, you go further up and further in to God's grace, into his kindness, and find his mercy? That the most important gift that you receive this year is not under a tree, but it is on the tree. It is on the cross. It is, a, it is his peace. It is his love. It is his hope that he secures through his death and resurrection. Here's what Jesus himself says in Luke 11. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Bishop J.C. Ryle puts it, the invitation this way. He says this, walk more closely with God, get nearer to Christ, seek to exchange hope for assurance, seek to feel the witness of the Spirit more closely and distinctly every year. 
pray more, read more, subdue yourself more, love the brethren more. Oh, that you may endeavor to grow in grace every year. That at the end of your Christian course, sorry, that the end of your Christian course may be better than the beginning. You hear that? The end of your Christian course is better than the beginning. Every step with Jesus is better than the beginning. Will you grow in grace this year? Will you walk more closely with God these next four weeks so that at the end of your Advent journey, it may be better than the beginning? Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for Elizabeth's song by which Mary was encouraged in her life in you. Help us, Lord, to journey with you this Advent so that we too may see your saving works and grow in your grace. In your Son's name we trust and we pray. Amen.